Now, I've given you my explanation of why these things happen, but we could turn to Wall Street's alleged finest, Wall Street Journal. I was in my misguided, mistaken youth. I thought this was actually where the answers were found, but let's dig in because Wall Street Journal, keep in mind, they don't cover the silver market often. So when they do, that's a special event in my household. Well, hello there, my friends. Chris Marcus here with you for Arcadia Economics, live in Sayulita, Mexico, which will be the new official home of Silverfest 2 this year, which is still October 26th to 31st. And let us return to that. Quick note, uh, we will not be at the Hard Rock anymore. Apparently some of their rooms sold out. So there will be online and there will be in-person uh, options available for everyone. So if you were wondering, uh, it's, well, as, as many things in life, a lot of moving pieces this year, but if you want to come to Mexico, you're welcome to, if you want to watch online, we're, we're going to be setting some great things up there as well. And I will be looking forward to joining in and hanging out at the party myself. Although with all of that greatness said, we have some big time action in the silver market today. And after I mentioned that today's video, video is brought to you by the great Galen McNamara of Summa Silver, who's just earned 100% interest in the high-grade silver and gold Hughes property at Tonopah, and appointed a new vice president, Chris York. Maybe we'll hear Galen talk a little bit about him when he joins us on the show shortly. Um, so anyway, thank you, Suma and Galen, for going and digging out silver in not the easiest business environment that's been left behind by the folks that are suppressing the silver price, who I think are personally getting a little bit nervous today. And I will explain why. But Galen, uh, one of the smarter people I've met in my time in the silver industry, able to overcome those conditions and uh, still might... Well, they're not mining it yet, but finding silver profitably, especially great to be able to buy silver related assets when you have such a manipulated lower price. Now, this one I thought was truly just special because here you can see right at the, it got up to just about 22.80 and then hammered down 35, 40 cents, then right back up. Now, even though Rustin Benham of the CFTC will not flat out tell you this, we can analyze his previous statements and actions see that this is what's called spoofing that jp morgan paid a 920 million dollar fine for well i believe that's the kind of thing they paid the fine for jamie diamond <laughs> who will we will be launching a class action lawsuit against another thing that is going on behind the scenes so good news on that rusty we're coming for you too homie and anyway the CFTC did find Jamie Dimon's bank $920 million for spoofing. Now, former Commissioner Bart Shilton, who describes spoofing quite eloquently, when I combine all three of those, I would say that's what happened here as Ross the boss remains silent. So anyway, we see quite a volatile day with silver ending up quite only down four cents on the day. Those who got to watch the action live certainly were not disappointed. Now, I've given you my explanation of why these things happen, but we could turn to Wall Street's alleged finest, Wall Street Journal. I was in my misguided, mistaken youth. I thought this was actually where the answers were found, but let's dig in because Wall Street Journal, keep in mind, 
they don't cover the silver market often. So when they do, that's a special event in my household. In fact, the last time I remember them writing a silver article was February 1st, believe it or not. That was the day that silver was spiking to $30 an ounce before Ross the Boss tamped it down. Interesting, this chart shows the last 10 days and you can see that same fraudulent spoof pattern where it comes right back up. And just to reiterate what happens here, if you have a stop order on your COMEX contract, say, saying essentially the price drops, I want to be protected. So the banks that act as customer desks but really rip off their customers, as Jamie Dimon's JP Morgan trader confessions quite eloquently descriptive, take advantage of because they hold the customer books. So they know who's holding the 22, 20 cent stops here. So if you drive it down like this, which is the opposite of what I was trained as an equity options market maker at Susquehanna International Group, you can get the price really lower because you can trigger those stops, the algorithms, then you can buy back here, send it right back up. So you commit another pump and dump in inverse fashion. And uh, funny that that's what was on that February 1st article, but Wall Street Journal back at it again today. And this one is truly special because they explain that it's the rising bond yields, and the falling industrial demand behind slumping silver prices. Prices just complete their worst four month run since November, 2014. Oh my God, is it time to sell now? Now in Wall Street's parlance of buy high, sell low ideology, certainly it would be. Yet having been through one or two of these tricks in my day and also a study, a student of the subconscious mind, it's like saying, don't think about the big silver elephant right in your room. You can't not think about the big silver elephant. I guess you could, but that makes it hard to do it when you say it. I would suggest there's a reason why Wall Street very rarely talks about silver. Now, again, in that earlier time frame, we saw Jeff Curry of Goldman Sachs pop out of left field. And this was February 4th, just days after February 1st, when he said, Get the ETF. Um, in terms of thinking about how are you going to create a squeeze, the shorts are the ETFs. The ETFs buy the physical, they turn around and they sell on the COMEX. To be so fortunately, not only is Jeff well-versed in how to create a short squeeze in a market, which he confidently expressed in that clip right there, he also said that the reason the metals prices fall then was because his fund, his bank, cult, whatever you want to call that piece of shit, they go and hammer COMEX bids, even though it's expressly forbidden, not economically sane in any standpoint. I called him left a message. So if he wants to come on the show and explain what I'm missing, but anyway, so now it's the rising bond yields, which some think are rising because of Fed tapering. I would say they tapered because they stopped buying the bonds. Otherwise, why is the yield rising? really a chicken and the egg uh, relationship. I would call that more of a panic out of the bond market myself and falling industrial demand. That's what is slumping the silver price. Now I'm a little confused because inflation's running hot. Jerome Powell said the economy's great. So I don't understand why industrial demand would be falling, but let's dig in. Sliding at its fastest pace in years. Now see, these guys never write about silver. I guess they did write about one of the songs. They don't write about it often. This sounds like damage control. Let's try to tell them not to think about the big pink silver elephant in the room. 
by writing this article about silver. Maybe that's just me, but prices just wrapped up their worst four month stretch, four month stretch since November 2014. That sounds ominous. Because it was dragged down by expectations for higher interest rates and a slowdown in manufacturing, which would go in the face of the strong economy theory. Now, the impending rollback of government pandemic-induced monetary stimulus measures is hurting precious metals. So when they add the precious the stimulus, they the prices go down. Silver goes down to 12 bucks, then rebounds a little bit, gets up to 30. We don't know if Ross tamped it down last July. He didn't talk about that yet. But now, as the, the easy money is being taken away, allegedly, although the Fed's actual balance sheet doesn't acknowledge that, they may be tapering their uh, treasury purchases, but what else could they be buying? Yet still, this is all happening at a time global production bottlenecks, energy shortages, and manufacturing shutdowns reduce industrial demand. doesn't sound like a strong economy that could withstand higher interest rates unless this was the execution of the reset I don't know how else it makes sense. I can't guarantee that. Leading silver, one of the worst performing assets for 2021. Now, I know in today's Wall Street mentality of chasing momentum, that would be a great time to sell more or try to get people to sell more if you pump up the media like this. But if you are into buying low and selling high, that means it's the most silver has been beaten up in seven years. Interesting. First Majestic. Whoop, whoop. Hecla, big fans, yeah. Right now, all precious metals are reacting to less than anticipated industrial demand and the combination of a shift in the Fed policy of tapering. Now, those might be James Steele's expectation, although he works at HSBC, where I'm not a client, despite being in Mexico, where I hear that is the money launderer's bank of choice, but I'm not too familiar with James or his research. Silver and gold tend to slide when investors expect economic growth and inflation. So now silver and gold tend to slide even when there's inflation, which ironically is true because whether there's inflation, whether there's not inflation, whether the sky is blue, whether the earth is flat, Jeff Curry and his buddies hammer the bids on the COMEX so they can get out of their short positions before they let silver go up. Now, whether that means we're going to see it go up to 30, 50, 100, 600 or more, Still, they're going to hammer the bids and try and get out of their short position. Now, maybe this isn't the big blow-off move, but to see silver go back to $24, $25, check what Goldman Sachs is doing. That is usually a much better indicator than the fraudulent expectations they pimp out to the market to help facilitate the Federal Reserve's pump and dump so that the ex-Goldman Sachs insiders who are now Federal Reserve felons and being investigated... can all have the communication flow working. So even now when inflation is high, gold and silver prices tend to slide because declines accelerate in September after the Fed's latest fraudulent press conference, which I think I could demonstrate to a jury of my peers was knowingly and intentional, intentionally misleading. Recent gains in bond yields have fueled a rise in the US dollar. Sorry for you guys buying those. Uh, stocks have slipped. In growth-friendly regimes, it's going to be difficult for silver and gold, said Hakan Kaya, 
who is buying the precious metals dip? Now, I don't know if he's actually buying precious metals, but he is buying the dip. Recent sell-off marks a reversal from earlier this year when day traders piled into silver. Actually, there was also a lot of physical buyers who piled into silver that they probably are not aware of, but would be had they subscribed and hit the notification bell to the Arcadia Economics channel. I'm just saying. Uh, let's see. And lifted prices as high as 29.40. That's what helped lift the prices, not the hyperinflation campaign on the Fed. Silver posted its biggest one-day advance more than a decade earlier this year, but then prices have retreated 25% since then. As Jeff and his friends have been hammering the bids, while Rossi and the CFTC looks the other way, and Gary Gensler is testifying in front of Congress. Although, one factor buoying silver earlier this year was expectations that increased infrastructure spending would help a rapid increase in the use of renewable energy sources, says Suki Cooper, who I've actually met at a panel. And she said silver is used in solar panels, which is certainly true. <clears throat> and with all those green initiatives, a lot of solar demand, uh, there was a lot of early buying in anticipation of that demand materializing. So given that these developments are going to take years to unfold, it's naturally going to be a dip in terms of investor interest, which has just not hit the stock market yet. So there you go. Uh, and let us continue on here. Of course... This February 1st day when silver spiked up to 30 was right when Ross announced his investigation into the silver market. No word on that yet, even though I might add, I was able to explain all this and send them the evidence on February 12th, which was the first of three rounds of evidence. Of course, the third round asking Ross Bennett to explain his comments in the face of even the London Bullion Market Association sponsored by Goldman Sachs describing how fears emerged as to whether there was enough silver should demand continue at this pace. And that was right after that spike on February 2nd, which is what necessitated Goldman Sachs and the other cult banks hammering the prices fraudulently in the faces of the paid off in the bag regulators like Ross and Emra. So that is how that all works. Now, you know, and if you think a silver short squeeze is really unattainable, well, that's why I say it's incredibly unlikely that this guy is telling the truth as anyone with common sense knows. Quick look at the chart here. Here is uh, when all that COVID stuff started. See, Goldman Sachs and the banks to get out of their short position drove it down to 12 bucks below the cost of production. And then, the, you know, they could say that maybe the money printing fueled that got right up to $30. Interesting, right? Almost 30, then came down. Then when silver squeeze sent demand surging, which has really continued throughout the year. So again, demand surging, price coming down, familiar pattern. At $30, that was when Ross the boss said. And in many respects, um, the resiliency and the market structure of structure. Uh, the futures market really were able to tamp down um, what could have been a much worse situation in the silver market. And obviously now it's quite clear that the worst situation was for the banks that were running out of metal. As an interesting comparative, look at February 1st here. Actually, look all the way back here. This is January 27th, the Wednesday before. Bitcoin at 31,000. Two and a half months later, by April 13th, had more than doubled, uh, over 100% return. 
So is that what would have happened to Silver had Ross and the banks not colluded? Wasn't enough to commit market fraud by the regulators or the banks that serve the customers, allegedly, but they colluded to do it together, um, which makes that an even bigger crime that I uh, will look forward to, to uh, addressing in court. I came up with the idea last night. Why don't we do a suit against Jamie Dimon, Ross the Boss, and Jeff not nameless, faceless corporations, but specific people who sign their name to that shit and slough it out there in public, as disgusting as that is. So uh, I've been collecting all, organizing the evidence. We will have more about that at Silverfest this October 26th to 31st. And interesting, though, we see the Bitcoin chart, which just uh, about a week ago is at 42,000 and 41,000 and change, then has spiked up. I wonder if some of the people fleeing the bond market right now are using those, those profits and reallocating there. We shall see. One last story, though, on uh, the mining sector. Here, miners labor to find enough truck drivers and workers, big bonuses, swimming pool, and gourmet dinners. So it sounds like the demand for mining services or truck drivers especially here in the hottest commodity in Australia's biggest mining province comes with a driving license willing to work 12-hour shift. So short of truck drivers that companies are pressing retired soldiers and furloughed airline pilots into service on mine sites, offering gourmet meals, building Olympic-sized swimming pools, competition for skills, driving up wages. That sounds like that could be inflationary and is supporting the metals prices. So that's interesting. In Australia, where people are so disgusted by the Nazi-like actions of their government, which is really the same as U.S. and European governments as well. The people are so disgusted, the truckers actually did a shutdown so that anything they could do to prevent these disgusting excuses of a human who think they have the right to take a child. (laughs) They actually said they were going to vaccinate children in some auditorium, but the parents weren't allowed in. So the truck drivers shut down things Now there's a shortage. And so unlike the earlier article where we heard that the economy was quite robust and that's why metals prices were sinking in the face of inflation, here the rising cost, which is a reflection of the shortage, supporting the metals price. So as is often the case, a matter of perspective in these things, uh, particularly acute in Western Australia, I wonder why that could be. I wonder if it's related to government policies, uh, not even confined to mining. The US where we don't have much mining, their restaurants and construction workers are hard to find. Maybe people are hard to find, or maybe people who can comply with the government policies are hard to find because even the governments obviously can't meet that task. So they could need as many as 40,000 more. Too bad their government is making it a place that you would not want to go. Um, But just to touch one last time on the inflationary aspect, they've said, you're getting paid X. Well, we'll give you X times two. Mr. Kerr said of some of the miners. Now, this is not 2% inflation. That would be 100% inflation. Maybe that is the miscalculation in Jerome Powell's inflation calculator. Because as you can see here, that Galen mentioned back a couple of months ago when I was saying, are, are you noticing this inflation? And again, Galen running a company like the ones just described in that article. Would that suggest that there's a chance that this might not be so transitory? 
I think that's the only logical conclusion that a reasonable person could come to. And I would certainly agree with that. And that's why I can't give the licensed financial advice that people with Jeff Curry, Jamie Dimon, or Ross the Boss's credentials could offer. So let's be clear about that. And I, I do receive compensation from Suma Silver. They support the show, allowing me to bring Silver research and correct the mistakes of government so without that said and out of the way, you can find out more at sumasilver.com. You can go to the contact page as well, where there is a number and contact information. If you would like to find out if that's something that might be suitable or interesting to you, I can't decide that because I'm talking to many people that have never met before. But if you did have direct questions, this is the way you can do it. Phone number 604-288-8004. And with that said, hit that darn subscription button and the notification bell because we will be back here with more coverage, especially about the lawsuits against J.P. Morgan and others quite soon.